Welcome back, everyone. Another edition, episode, where are we at, D? This is episode number 17. Nice, nice. Well, welcome back, everyone. Uh, we've got a kind of a short show here today, just because we got some work schedule stuff going. We'll do, be doing a live session here at 11, just talking markets some more. Uh, we've been doing a lot more live streams. Um, but just to touch on the overall markets, and then I know you guys wanted to get into some of this Lightning Network news uh, today. It's March 16th. Um, you know, since our last podcast, we had Pi Day, which was Wednesday. It's always one of my favorite days. So if you guys are, if any of the listeners are new to us and our model, but we're big, big on cycles and we have a Pi line concept that I, it's a simple, simple discovery I made many years ago, but we, we use it in our trading all the time. So we've studied a lot of, a lot around cycles and, this idea of incorporating time into your trading, which is really important. Most people don't do it. And pi is the perfect cycle. You guys know that? I am a fan of pi. Uh, being a previous high school math teacher, uh, I was a big fan of pi. Yep. I like geometry. I mean, I didn't. I can't do much math outside of drawing rectangles and circles, but pretty visual I got that. If you could draw rectangles well, you could probably hit up a pretty nice trapezoid. Yeah, hexagons. I'll, I'll do them all. <laughs> Give me any polygon, and I'll sketch it. <laughs> <laughs> Alec, you were pretty good at math, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Not my strongest suit, though. Yeah. Well, and then we also have um, today, being the 16th, uh, I guess is the anniversary of Bear Stearns being acquired. So I remember trading through that, and that was that was a rough couple of weeks. I mean, talk about people people are all depressed because Bitcoin went down for three straight months. You should have seen the mood on Wall Street. I don't know if you guys were paying attention then, but I think there's there's definitely some some more experienced traders that remember trading that bear market. Uh, I didn't really trade the dot-com burst, um, but 2008 was a doozy. I was kind of front row seat to the end of the world for that one. Mm. But it wasn't the end of the world as we knew it. The world kept turning. Yep. (laughs) So um, It's not going to be any different in the crypto world. It does seem somber, though. Like everybody, which is weird because if you've been in crypto longer than, well, I, I think it's weird because this is probably my third or fourth hype cycle now mm-hmm. um, since like 2012. And they're the same every time. It's like everybody loses their fucking minds when the price is going to the moon. And then when it gets back down to earth, you know, people brush off the cobwebs of the work they were getting into and realized that everything's going to keep going as long as the tech keeps moving. Yeah. So. And the, uh, and the tech has kept moving. Definitely. Yeah. That's, that's for, that's for sure. So I think you're, I think you're alluding to the lightning network elephant in the room. Yeah. It's great news. At least, I mean, at least it moved on to alpha and it's making progress, which is pretty important. Doesn't reflect in the price, but, it doesn't really matter for the technology. It um, it allows for a very very bright future. So 
scalability, when we're talking about transactions per second, uh, we're talking about um, if we get a, I don't know what the word is here, let's say saturated distribution of uh, Lightning Network nodes, we're looking at a thousand times to 10,000 times as fast as the Visa network. Mm -hmm. um, surprise, surprise, one of the head honchos at Visa just this morning, was March 16th, just this morning, is like, yeah, Bitcoin's for criminals again. <laughs> Even though a lot of people that are very legitimate have said otherwise, we're yeah. going to go ahead and go with the criminal stamp again. Again. And Same card as yesterday and the day before. Yeah. I'd like to know how many execs and the, all the talent that's leaving Visa MasterCard to go work on blockchain. You know, I know that 10X, I think they had mentioned that there were some pretty big guys that came from both Visa and MasterCard that they were supposedly trying to, you know, do some work with. So that those are the numbers I'd like to see, you know. Uh, it, I bet you it's they're trying to keep that on the down low. Yeah. They don't want anybody to know. Um, especially because Visa's probably working on their own blockchain. Yeah, they got to so, be. Um, yeah, Bitcoin bad, blockchain good. That's pretty <laughs> much going to be the theme that we hear for now. But what is the Lightning? Why is the Lightning Network so important? Why do people care? Uh, because it's a routing service for Bitcoin. So just for you, for you, for you guys, I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> for you guys that don't know what the Lightning Network is, it's it allows for instantaneous transactions of any size. Uh, near free. Um, it also allows if you don't to have Bitcoin um, using atomic swaps, you could still take Bitcoin and just get whatever currency you want on the tail end of that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can walk into a store and they could sell things for dollars or whatever. And they could even just take Bitcoin. But if you have Litecoin, Litecoin's got the uh, Lightning Network protocol already built for it you mm -hmm. can pay it like you can pay in litecoin and the the merchant doesn't even know so now you have this huge stream of value that could be any type of currency as long as you peg in and out of it instantaneously so um it's big yeah it's pretty big i think i've been talking about it for three years uh i'm excited that it finally is kind of hitting the public so, yeah mm -hmm. feel good My. with the you feel yeah. good with what they're executed on then so far, Dimitrix, since you've been keeping an eye and waiting on it for so long? I feel very good with it. Um, it's what's needed as far as, as Bitcoin scaling. Um, I don't know who's going to win and tell anything, the big blocks or small blocks or whatever. Um, but mm. just my personal opinion, there was a problem. Um, and kicking the can down the road with increasing the block size uh, wasn't going to fix it. So um, now that we have a second layer that rides on top that can allow for trustless settlement to the Bitcoin blockchain, you now have a slew of opportunity. And not, not only the Lightning Network, uh, the liquid side chains is becoming real as well. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you guys know this, but after uh, 100 confirmations, which is roughly 17 to 18 hours uh, on a good day, um, you can peg a sidechain to the Bitcoin blockchain and then you can have infinite liquidity on that sidechain. Mm. So 
the the first use case seems like exchanges, right? Yeah. Exchanges will open up a side peg, and on their side chain, they can do they can have order books as large as they possibly can imagine, and then they can just settle to the Bitcoin blockchain whenever they need to move. I mean, I was just gonna say, <clears throat> um, I mean, I know we're gonna be incorporate that incorporating that into our our rhythm platform between that and what we want to do with the smart contracts with Ethereum, but um, that's going to be big for this whole push towards decentralized exchanges, which we've been saying for a long time is where the market needs to go and why we were, you know, why we're doing what we're doing. Um, But that, you know, another good way to explain it maybe to people that is we're trying to keep it simple to, you know, for people to adopt is that, you know, Bitcoin was like the decentralized savings account. And then I, could it be fair to say Lightning is the decentralized checking account where you can send money instantly? Yeah, it's very fair to say mm-hmm. that. That's actually what um, Elizabeth Stark said. I think she's been the the, the like pioneer working on the Lightning Network. Um, I think Lightning Network Labs, and um, that's what she said. Almost that's what she said is like Lightning Network's like checking account. And everything else is like a savings. So I think I saw that somewhere. It's like that's a good way to just communicate it simply to people that are, you know that that don't understand the tech. I mean, I I still have troubles keeping up with it. I mean, are these master? Are these nodes that are running it? Do they are they? They're just doing it to build the network. Do they have an incentive? These different- uh, you you get any fees that go through your channels. So yeah. any any payments routed through your node and through your channels, you get a Small one, a uh, small fee. Yeah, so it's <laughs> it's like proof of stake without calling it proof of stake, mm-hmm. right? So it's a, it's another level of game theory on top where you know some people think that there's going to be these massive channels um, of people that have Bitcoin staked so that they can get a little bit of the fees shaved off the top. Um, we really won't know until it's in the wild. Um, I know part of my personal homework this weekend is to spark up a lightning node and see what kind of shit's going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really don't know. Now that's you're staking your Bitcoin, um, just like anything else, except for with proof of work, you stake your electricity and your storage with, or sorry, yeah, with proof of work with uh, the lightning network, which is quasi proof of stake. You're staking your Bitcoin. Uh, you're holding it out in the form of a node uh, to help throughput, um, but you get a little bit of the fee shaved off the top. So there is an there is incentive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I think uh, with Lightning Network moving to beta implementation, and then you take a look at all the other news going around with Coinbase getting the ETF game, you got Plenty of X uh, becoming you know like Goldman Sachs. I mean, Goldman Sachs bought them out, right? Mm-hmm. Was that last week? Or was it week before? Mm, Goldman Sachs kind of bought him out. They used the proxy. That's my favorite new word. That doesn't mean anything. But <laughs> they've Goldman Sachs funded Circle, Circle fund bought Poloniex. So I think it's so. going to be. Uh, I think it's, they're kind of setting the stage for a really good second half of the year. Mm-hmm. You know that I think the confidence is starting to to turn back up in the cycle with all these pretty large news uh, headlines coming out. 
I know they get overshadowed a lot, but mm-hmm. when you when you think about them all together in the span of a week or two, those are those are pretty uh, significant. Yeah, and you know, uh, and we got the Robin. So all the who's who of tech behind this, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's not going to fail. But you know, Robinhood's still kind of sitting in the wings as far as opening up a bunch of new avenues and a bunch of spigots to allow some more independent retail people. I think that'll be another big catalyst for the market. But then also, you know, I was talking to some, um, some big traders and some guys that are on the institutional side that, that run money in different products that trade around S and P features and, you know, several hundred million dollar type funds. And, uh, this one gentleman was out of neat or out of Chicago and he's just talking about all the prop firms that are all, they all want to trade in the space now because of the nice volatility. And, you know, the same thing, part of the reason why I left fixed income is just dead. I mean, there was no risk taking. Um, I've talked about before, like Goldman wouldn't even work by 10 million tens overnight. It was just, just, it's just tiny compared to, it's just crazy. So, that that whole community is still like trying to get into the door, trying to knock down the door and trying to figure out what they can and can't trade. Um, but we're close. I mean, I, like to your point, Alec, I think the back half of this year, you're going to see more retail come online. And then we're going to see even more institutions finally, you know, continue to roll into this market. And we got to keep an eye on the futures, the BTC futures positioning, which what it they it was long and then it flipped short the last couple of weeks. And there's only I think there's there's not that much data on that yet, but it's starting to kind of you can you can make some pretty good um, assumptions about what the big players are doing now that see you know it's been a couple months and we've got futures data. Um, but what you need is kind of people to flip and get short into the lows and that's the fuel to get the short covering rally and then everybody will pile back on. And I think we're close. Yep. And I, I, yeah, I, when you take a look at all the headlines and, and just the general sentiment, I mean, I think it's just setting the stage for, for that run up. Like you were just saying, all these institutions getting in, the liquidities coming in. These larger players are finally Man. dipping their toes in. I don't even think people are ready. We didn't even touch a trillion. Like the whole market cap didn't even touch a trillion back when it when it was up to yeah. when the BTC price was up, when everything was up and everybody was living, uh, eating diamond encrusted, eating gold encrusted French toast in the morning. Some of these people <laughs> were. I know they were. Uh, I'm just kind of some. A part of me is a little scared that if institutional money does come in, it's gonna bust in this shit like the Kool Aid Man, just kind of break stuff. <laughs> like, oh yeah, and like all these, all these people are gonna have no idea yeah, what's exactly. going on. Like you said, something that stuck with me since we picked Barcel back up is whenever that Vix, whatever that Vix thing was, whenever the Dow yeah. Jones took a dump yeah. last month. And you were like, what is this? You said $60 billion was wiped out in 20 minutes or something. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Yeah, this is, that's a whole nother level of value that crypto hasn't even touched yet. Yeah. So I mean, like, so 
so the prop firms, people that maybe aren't familiar, they call prop firms are proprietary trading firms. So they trade their own capital. So they're putting their own money at risk. So those guys can move and they're not regulated. You can set up your a prop firm and not have to deal with because you're not taking on outside investor money. So you can it's your money, it's your firm's money. You can you can risk it however you want. So those guys are the first were the first to kind of you see those professional traders are kind of first to move into the market. Obviously the hedge funds have a lot more room to invest in whatever they want. Um but I was interesting. I was listening to this interview on uh, Real Vision, which is actually a great um, professional uh, media outlet. And the gal, they call her Spider Woman, which is she was one of the original people to work on the ETF, the the spy, which was like, which became known as a spider. And the Winklevoss approached her. She was actually. The the first to launch the GLD, which was the gold ETF. And then uh, she was trying to work on the, the Winklevoss ETF for Bitcoin. And she said, you know, the SEC said they wouldn't do it. And that's because um, just the regulations not in the market yet. So they still don't feel comfortable because all these exchanges aren't regulated. Um, you know, even though the futures are there, um, she was saying that it took it would take to start an ETF. She 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 she, did, she launched a couple. It took seven years for them to get an ETF off the ground. That's and so long. When she started the spider, it didn't take that long. But they didn't think they were trying to just get to a billion. I think it's like a two hundred and seventy-five billion dollar ETF fund now. But I was thinking to myself, you know, that's just so slow. Like. We're, we're trying to put Bitcoin into these ETFs, which is which is good because that's helpful for the institutional community because they can invest in ETFs. They can't go out and invest in cryptocurrency and actually set up wallets and you know the <clears throat> they're just the regulation compliance. They can't do it yet. But man, there's an opportunity there. Where we need to kind of design these new ETFs around the blockchain so that it's we're not having to go to the old exchanges and take seven years. To, <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's obviously now they're, you know, the that that last ETF that they shot down. So anyway, that's just going to take time for all those all that money to come in the market. It's yeah. Coming. They're shooting these ETFs down, like those you you mentioned Top Gun in the last show. Like Maverick shoots down Migs. Hey oh, <laughs> uh, we got to end on that now because uh, we got to wrap this up. Sorry guys for a really short episode, but also not sorry because we know you love buy or sell. What the hell? Um, if you love it a lot, a lot, you join the chat room or the crypto team by following the links in the in the show notes. Um, all day, every day, crypto talk and crypto trading talk. Um, some tokens you're not looking at, somebody might be. So you can take a look at those charts. And you know, it's just a good to have a community of traders to talk to, um, especially when emotions are on high. Everyone in there seems to cool themselves, cool each other down, and stick to their own individual strategies. So uh, yeah. I'd be, I behoove you to join up. Plus, JJ's in there, and I'm in there. We can talk about. Uh, we talk about all kinds of stuff, uh, but we'll keep that out of the main chats because yeah, join the chat. Just it's Jenkins RM 
RM risk management, JenkinsRM.com. You'll see the chat room in the top right. And then follow us on YouTube because we've been doing these live sessions, which is why we're jumping off right now. So um, every Wednesday, every Friday, just talking markets, talking about where we see different opportunities. And, uh, yeah, that's just search Jason Jenkins. I should do it right now. Yep. Yeah, you, you got your own channel in there. All right. That wraps it up. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. Yep. See you guys. All right. So, guys, the easiest way to get involved in our community of traders and what we're doing in markets, um, really on a global macro perspective, is go to JenkinsRM.com. We have on the top right a link, chat room. It's free to join that area. You come in, ask us questions. You see what our community is all about. We've got a couple paid rooms in there. Our crypto team is in there for 99 bucks a month. It's probably one of the best real-time alert signals across the entire digital asset space. And then as far as, as, far as just the value that all the, the other uh, paying subscribers in there brings, it's uh, it more than pays for itself. So that's available. You can also see, again, JenkinsRM.com. The top right, we have some of our educational services. Um, 10 years of my institutional model that I built out on uh, trading cash treasuries. Uh, that whole nine hours video on demand teach you everything, the three pillars of our model covers analysis, risk, execution. We talk risk management, position sizing, trading plan, psychology of trading. Um, that's all there. And then we also have some information on on some of our group coaching and mentoring we do, we have a live room that we trade together uh, two days a week. Um, nothing like being in the trades together live, uh, making some money together, but also really learning um, everything, the emotions that are involved with being inside of trades and all the growth that comes from that. So all that's there, JenkinsRM.com. You guys can follow us at my uh, Twitter handle, at the Jason Jenkins. And you can also search Jason Jenkins on YouTube. That'll get us to our Block Edge Capital um, YouTube channel. Hope that helps. Look forward to seeing some of you guys.
Wait, no.